This episode is sponsored by Wednesday Books. When You Get the Chance is the next effervescent novel from Emma Lord, New York Times bestselling author of the Reese Witherspoon YA book club pick, You Have a Match. When a left-open browser brings aspiring Broadway star Millie to her dad's embarrassingly moody live journal from 2003, Millie knows she has to find her mom. There's Steph, a still-aspiring stage actress and receptionist at a talent agency. There's Farah, ethereal dancer-teacher who doesn't have the two left feet that Aunt Millie has. And Beth, the chipper and sweet stage enthusiast with an equally exuberant 15-year-old daughter. But how can you find a new part of your life and expect it to fit into your old one without leaving any marks? And why is it that when you go looking for the past, it somehow keeps bringing you back to what you've already had all along? When You Get the Chance is a big-hearted novel about falling in love, making a mess, and learning to let go. That is When You Get the Chance, sponsored by Wednesday Books. Welcome to Hey YA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, new stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcast hosted by Erica Esfetti and me, Tirza Price. We are recording on December 17th, so still 2021 where we are at, but it is going to be 2022 by the time you hear this. Happy New Year. How are you, Erica? I'm doing pretty well and still in disbelief of the last thing you just said. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I need a refund. I want my money back. I feel some type <laughs> of way. But other than that, I'm fine. How are you, Tirza? <laughs> <laughs> I'm great. I'm, you know, it's so weird to be like recording this first episode of 2022 when we are still like in the thick of the holiday madness and mm-hmm. I'm like consumed with all of the things I have to get done before I can enjoy my break, which will be over by the time you hear this. So it's some weird mind twisting sort of stuff. But other than that, we're going to survive. It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about all the books that we're excited to read this year, which is very exciting. It's very exciting. This was such a fun list. It's like, ooh, and it's... (laughs) It's such a short list compared to everything that I want to read. I know. That's the thing. I think... Yeah, there are only so many we can mention, but, and so many good ones. Oof. But uh, before we get started, how about I get into our sponsor? Yeah, let's do it. Sponsored by Serendipity, 10 Romantic Tropes Transformed. Love is in the Air and Serendipity, a collection of stories inspired by romantic tropes and edited by New York Times bestselling author Marissa Meyer. The authors take on some of your favorite romantic tropes, embracing them and turning them on their heads. From stories of first love, unrequited love, love that surprises, love that's been there all along, and many more. Contributors include Elise Bryant, Leah Johnson, Anne-Marie McLemore, Marisa Meyer, Abigail Hingwin, and others. Thanks again to our sponsor, Serendipity. Yay! Yay! Woo! That sounds fun. The the fun thing about recording a new show is like there's all these sponsors for 2022 books and I'm just like, yay, new books. Yes, all of the all of the new books. <sighs> okay, so some good news. Yes. Former Hey YA co-host Eric Smith is co-writing the YA adaptation of Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. That is very exciting. And when I first heard this news, I was very confused for a second Mm -hmm. because I was like, 
why adaptation of a song yeah and then or you know of an album and then i remembered that it was a broadway show and it was like a broadway show starring teenagers so then it made more sense in my yeah brain. um so if you did not like get that missing piece of that news <laughs> like i just filled it in for you um but that's very exciting for eric yeah that's pretty cool i didn't realize it was um it was a musical but it was super success- successful it says the musical it inspired featured a book by the Juno screenwriter Diablo Cody and yeah. was super successful after its 2019 premiere, but it got interrupted because of COVID, obviously. But <sighs> COVID ruining all the fun things. All the fun things, seriously. But I also really like Diablo Cody, so that's mm-hmm. really exciting. And like, correct me if I'm wrong. And now I feel like I need to look this up. <sighs> Just to make sure that I'm not speaking, you know, out of some, like, gross ignorance here. Mm -hmm. But Diablo Cody also, yeah, she wrote, I think, a movie called Young Adult about a YA author starring Charlize Theron. And I'm pretty sure that that, like, depiction was really ridiculous, but I do remember watching that movie. Yes. (laughs) remember that at all oh it was she you know she was like a gossip girl type author and her life was a mess and the movie was called young adult oh my goodness but i do like diablo cody's like work in general i just remember being like mildly offended by that movie because i was like we're not all like that um some of us are but no we're not all like that (laughs) just not all of you you're you're right yeah So that'll be fun, though. Yeah, that should be fun. And then my big piece of news that I wanted to bring to the table, because it kind of made me go WTF a little bit, which Mm -hmm. is Sweet Valley High is going to be adapted into a TV series. What? By the same people who did Gossip Girl. Yeah. So it's, it's bizarre to me because, like, and maybe it's because I don't, Like, I read some Sweet Valley High books back in the 90s, but I did not read a ton of them. Like, I know just enough to, like, remember all the characters and kind of, like, remember the vibe of the books. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, how are you – like, you're going to have to make some changes. Like, is this going to be kind of like when they adapted Nancy Drew and it was, like, a completely different, like – you know, tonal shift, because I'm trying to imagine. I never watched the Nancy Drew adaptation. How was it? The new Nancy Drew adaptation, I've, I've watched a few episodes and then I got distracted and it's not because it wasn't good and I wasn't enjoying it. It's just life. But I really liked it. But yeah. it, it's, again, it's a little bit darker. It's very much, you know, modernized and contemporary. Um, another weird fun fact is the actress who stars as Nancy Drew in that TV show um, is the daughter of a YA author named Lisa McMahon. So oh, that's I'm perfect. like just coming in with all the random YA connections today. You got all the YA adaptations and screenwriters <laughs> and movies and shows. Yes, I love it. Yeah. So anywho, this is going to be very interesting. A Sweet Valley High reboot. And apparently it was, like when I looked it up, it was made into a TV series in the oh. early 90s. Which I definitely did not see. I never heard of. I was too young in the early 90s. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna be curious to see how the Sweet Valley High thing goes. That's interesting because I I remember seeing all the Sweet Valley High books in like my school libraries growing up. 
like middle school and stuff like that. I never read any of them. So I don't know. And I haven't really been hearing people talk about it. So it's interesting, the thought process behind it. Although I don't think it will be bad. I'm just saying like, yeah. it kind of seems like out of left field a little bit. I'm not mad at it. It does. It's It's like, it's just surprising because I feel like they're probably doing this to try to appeal to, like, the millennial, like, the older millennial audience that remember right. reading these books. Right. But it's not like the books are popular right now. It's not That's like, what I'm saying. You know, yeah. yeah. And, like, with the Babysitter's Club, those books have gotten a reboot as graphic novels right. recently. So, like, I understand that there's, like, a new appeal. But I'm not seeing that with Sweet Valley That's High, what I'm so saying. Yeah, it's weird. It's just, yeah. It'll be interesting. It will be interesting. And it's funny um, with the Nancy Drew adaptation, uh, you said it was darker. Now I'm like, I'm like, oh, I need to look that up. But I know like with, I don't know if you saw um, Sabrina, the Sabrina adaptation. Like I loved the original Sabrina from like the 90s, early 2000s or whatever. That show, that was, I was all about that. And I like the first season of the Netflix adaptation, but... I didn't watch the second. I mean, it did get a little like it was a little much at times, but mm-hmm. I heard the second season was like garbage. So oh, no. I never watched it. Did you get a chance to watch that? Were you like into that adaptation? I I watched the first like half of the first season. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm like, I think that the reason I stopped watching it and this is not like a great reason. It's just that like the pandemic hit. Right. And... I don't know, my my attention span and my reading and my TV viewing just really shifted. So, like, there's actually a lot of things that I was kind of in the middle of that I never continued um, into 2020. And now I'm thinking, like, oh, maybe I will go back. But, yeah, it's it's interesting to see how many older things that you wouldn't necessarily think that there's, like, an audience for have come back and they're, like – there's a tonal shift or it's yeah. a little bit darker. So I just am very curious to see where they're going to take Sweet Valley High, which is like so like sparkly and nice and happy and upbeat, except for yeah. when it's not. Right. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> like millennials, millennials like sparkly, nice things too. We're not all about crushing despair. Not all the time. <laughs> right. Not all the right. time. Most of the time. Not all the You know what I mean? So we'll yeah. see. <laughs> I, I'm just wondering how much longer it will take for, like, the books to be rebooted because I have a very hard time imagining that this TV series is really popular. And yeah. then, like, today's teens will, like, want to go back and read these books from the 80s because they feel like books from the 80s and, like, YA has come a long way since then. So, like, I'm just wondering which YA authors working now are going to get tapped for, like, Sweet Valley High reboot books. <laughs> That's a good point. Hmm. I'm going to call it right now. (laughs) So so when it happens, you can come back to this episode and be like, tears Tears have said said it. This might happen. Tears have said it. I believe you. My money's on what you're saying. That's funny. All right. But anywho, speaking of books that are coming out, we're going to talk about some books that actually do exist that are coming out in 2022. Um, And this is you know, just going to be a fun episode in which we basically hype books that we haven't read but are excited to. So yeah, Erica, do you want to kick us off? Yes. So my first book I have is called One True Love by Elise Bryant. It's coming out January 4th. 
And it is about Lenore Bennett, who has always been a force, a star artist and style icon at her high school. She's a master in this subtle art of not giving a shut the front door, Mm -hmm. whatever, you know. Um, But now that graduation is here, she's a little less sure. She's heading to NYU in the fall with a scarlet U for undeclared. (laughs) It's like the scarlet letter, I guess. Um, Meaning that she's single, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Very dramatic. Um, So her parents always remind her that black kids don't have the luxury of figuring it out as they go. They have to be 110% prepared, but it's a lot of pressure to be her ancestors' wildest dreams when Lenore's not even sure what her dreams are yet. Same, sis. Like, I get it. The pressure of the world (laughs) and all of that. When her family embarked on a post-graduation Mediterranean cruise, her friend Tessa is sure Lenore's in for a whirlwind romance, but Lenore knows that doesn't happen in real life at least not to girls like her. Then she meets Alex Lee after their parents bond over the Cupid shuffle. (laughs) She ends up stuck with him for the remainder of the cruise. He's a hopeless romantic and a golden boy with a 10-year plan. In short, he's irritating as heck. As they get to know each other during the picturesque stops across Europe, he may be able to help her find something else she's been looking for, even if she doesn't want to admit it to herself. I'll let you guess what that is. (laughs) So again, that is One True Loves by Elise Bryant. It's out January 4th. And this has been likened to what attracted me to this was that it is been compared to like the styles of Talia Hibbert and Jasmine Guillory. And I haven't read Jasmine Guillory actually, but I love me some Talia Hibbert. So... I am looking forward to that. Also, I mean, even in the description, it sounds funny and just like, just a fun time, you know? Yes. Yeah. No, and Elise is delightful. So this is just, yeah, I'm very excited. And actually, just a little point, we are recording this on December 17th. So by the time you listen to this, this book will have been out for one day. So you can pick it up. Oh, yeah, there we go. Tears yeah. you're on it. My brain is like <laughs> fried and like flipped to the side, but you're on <laughs> I have a giant calendar in front of my desk. This is the only reason why I knew this. (laughs) I need to get like you. Seriously. Uh, All right. So my first pick is Scout's Honor by Lily Anderson. And I have loved literally everything that Lily Anderson has published. Um, She has written Undead Girl Gang, which wins all the awards for that title. Oh, yes. Um, She also wrote Not Now, Not Ever. And The Only Thing Worse Than Me Is You which are just such delights. So Scout's Honor is going to be kind of more like along the lines of Undead Girl Gang because it's about the 16-year-old named Prue who has like been born into this family where everybody's like a ladybird scout. And it's basically like they're hunters who protect humans from these things called mulligrubs, which are interdimensional parasites who feast on human emotion, like sadness and anger. Um, So their whole cover is that they're this very proper, like, lady social organization, but really, like, their tea is poisonous, and they're using their knitting needles to stab these grubs and hoping that they're going to, like, graduate into axes and swords. So this book starts out with um, three years ago, her best friend was killed. So Prue dropped out of the scouts because she was grieving, she was upset, and she's got these new friends. Her family's kind of disappointed that she's no longer a ladybird. 
But she's trying to move on and she decides that in order to do that, she's going to infiltrate the ladybirds in order to swip the tea of forgetting. But of course, it's not just that easy. It's like one of those things where like you can't really leave, I guess, the organization. And then when all these demons start attacking, she realizes that she's got to pitch in and fight against them. Um, If you've seen the cover, I mean, you'll know why I'm so excited for this book, but also like Google the cover because it's fantastic. One of the things I really love about Lily Anderson is her books are really, really funny. And so I'm sure this one's going to be full of humor and heart and I can't wait. So that's Scout's Honor by Lily Anderson and it comes out April 5th. That looks really good. And I loved Undead Girl Gang. So good. It was so good. Only thing, oof. Like, thinking of the reveal made me itch. It makes me mm-hmm. itch still. Like, ooh. That, that reveal lives ooh. rent-free in my brain. Rent-free. I was, like, telling my partner about it one day, and, and they were like, why would you tell me this? And I was like, because <laughs> if I have to have it you in my have head, to have it, too. I wish I, I... This is... This is why we're married. Like, I need to tell you these things. I need to unburden myself and burden you in the process. Ooh, her and Sylvia Moreno Garcia. I don't know what they Uh have against that food group, but it makes me itch is all. Yeah. Eek. Okay, that sounds good. So my next pick is The Red Palace by June Her. It's out January 25th takes place in Joseon, Korea in 1758. There are few options available to illegitimate daughters in the capital city, but through hard work and study, 18-year-old Hyun has earned a position as a palace nurse. All she wants is to keep her head down, do a good job, and perhaps finally win her estranged father's approval. But Hyun is suddenly thrust into the dark and dangerous world of court politics when someone murders four women in a single night and the prime suspect is Hyun's closest friend and mentor. Determined to prove her beloved teacher's innocence, Hyun launches her own secret investigation. In her hunt for the truth, she encounters Yojin, a young police inspector also searching for the killer. When evidence begins to point to the crown prince himself as the murderer, Hyun and Yojin must work together to search the darkest corners of the palace to uncover the deadly secrets behind the bloodshed. Again, that is The Red Palace by Jun Her, out January 25th. And I mean, like, You've got amateur sleuthing, Joseon Korea in 1758. I mean, like, what other book is giving you all of those? You know what I mean? Ain't year yeah. old. You know, it's just like <laughs> very unique. So I am here for all the murder mysteries in historical Korea. <laughs> so, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed June's um, first two books. The Silence of Bones and the Forest of Stolen Girls. They were mm-hmm. excellent. So I'm really excited for this one as well. Yeah, it sounds really good. All right. My next pick is The Bone Spindle by Leslie Vetter. And this is coming out next week. So that's exciting. You don't have to wait long if this one sounds good. It is a queer gender swapped retelling of Sleeping Beauty. So the characters are Fee, who is a bookish treasure hunter. She likes riddles and she does not believe in true love. Shane is a girl warrior who likes cracking skulls, pretty girls and doing things her own way. And I just love that description. Also, please know that I am always going to be thinking of Shane from the L word when I read that character's <laughs> name. I'm, it's just, 
the way it's going to be. Um, and then in a nice little twist, Briar Rose is the prince who is under the sleeping curse. And he's been waiting 100 years for the kiss that will wake him. And when Fee pricks her finger on a bone spindle while exploring a long lost ruin, the spirit of Briar Rose starts haunting her until she and Shane can team up together and break this curse on his kingdom. So you've got, you know, dark magic, a mysterious witch and queer love. Looks like there's some um, romantic love between Briar Rose and one of the girls like this just sounds really fun and apparently it's full of adventure romance found family and snark which are like four of my favorite things all the best things yeah I'm really excited and you know as we said earlier we're recording this before the holidays I have an arc of it downstairs I'm probably gonna take it with me when I go home for the holidays Mm -hmm. I'm really excited so that is uh, the bone spindle by Leslie Vetter I would love to hear, if we have time, I would love to hear, like, what you're going to read on your holiday break. I'd be curious. Oh, yes. We'll save that for the end. (laughs) Yes, for the end, for sure. So my next book I'm looking forward to for the new year is Lake Lore by Anna Marie McLemore. It's out March 8th. So in this novel, two non-binary teens are pulled into a magical world under a lake, but can they keep their worlds above water intact? So everyone who lives near the lake knows the stories about the world underneath it, an ethereal landscape rumored to be half air, half water. But Bastian Silvano and Laura Garcia are the only ones who've been there. Bastian grew up both above the lake and in the otherworldly space beneath it. Laura's only seen the world under the lake once, but that one encounter changed their life and their fate. Then the lines between air and water began to blur. The world under the lake drifts above the surface. If Bastian and Lore don't want it bringing their secrets to the surface with it, they have to stop it. And to do that, they have to work together. There's just one problem. Bastian and Lore haven't spoken in seven years, and working together means trusting each other with the very things they're trying to hide. So again, that's Lake Lore by Anna Marie McLemore, out March 8th. And, I mean, the cover looks really interesting. It reminds me of some... Uh, there was some movie with, uh, I want to say, Elizabeth Moss. She was in some movie, and the cover of the movie looks like the cover of this book. So it's really interesting. Kind of has like a, kind of like a haunting, like ethereal vibe to it. Um, it's about non-binary teens. I'm sure there's going to be an exploration of identity and everything like that. So it's, you know, it's got some sci-fi fantasy elements, some queer elements, there are some secrets being hidden, so it's got all the things. So really looking forward to that. Yeah, I really enjoy Macklemore's work. I read pretty much everything that they put out. So mm-hmm. um, that one looks really good. And then I'm going to keep talking about um, my picks. But first, we're going to do another sponsor. All right. So thanks again to our sponsor, Serendipity, 10 Romantic Tropes Transformed. Love is in the Air and Serendipity, which is a collection of short stories inspired by romantic tropes and edited by New York Times bestselling author Marissa Meyer. The authors take on some of your favorite romantic tropes. And I know we all have our favorite tropes. Mine is enemies to lovers. 
But these books embrace them and turn them on their heads. So you have stories of first love, unrequited love, love that surprises, love that's been there all along, and so much more. So some contributors include Elise Bryant, um, who has a new book out that we've already talked about. We're very excited. Leah Johnson, Anna Marie McLemore, again, and Marissa Meyer, as well as Abigail Hingwen and many others. So that's it's just going to be another really great anthology to pick up. So thanks again to Serendipity, 10 Romantic Tropes Transformed. All right. So I'm really excited. My next pick is Squire by Nadia Shamas and Sarah Alfagi. And this is a graphic novel. There are some really good graphic novels coming out this year. Yes. And this one... Yeah, this one has been on my TBR, like, must read <laughs> Yeah. Well, since, like, the the um, announcement, like, I remember mm-hmm. when the deal announcement came through. And, like, deal announcements for graphic novels are especially mean because, like, graphic novels take a lot of time, um, you know, to write and then to illustrate and then to go through production. So it was like, you can get this book in three years. And I was like, I need it now. Oh, so wow. it's finally coming. It's coming this year. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, and the reason partly why I'm super excited about this one is because as a young teen slash preteen, I was super into the um, Alana books, like the Tortal, Alana Legend of Tortal, the Song of the Linus Quartet mm-hmm. by Tamara Pierce. Oh my gosh. Um, I could do like an entire episode on how much I love Tamara Pierce. Um, so this graphic novel is about a young woman named Aza and she's always dreamed of becoming a knight and she lives in this once great empire um, but she's part of um, the Ornu people who are you know subjugated and not necessarily enjoying the benefits of being you know one of the people in power in this society so For her, becoming a knight is pretty much the only way that she can get full citizenship in this empire. But the empire also is kind of like teetering on the brink of war yet again, and things are not great. So she uses this as an opportunity to finally join the Squire training program. But of course... You know, it's not quite as glamorous as she thought it might be. So she's going through all this training and friendships and rivalries. And she's also hiding, like, who she really is. So um, as things get really tough, she realizes that, like, the greater good for the Empire and, you know, for herself and for her people might not exactly be what's promised. And it might not even include her. So she has to decide you know, where her loyalties lie. So I really, really cannot wait for this. It looks fantastic and breathtaking. The art looks beautiful. I just, yeah, it's one of my top anticipated reads. So that's Squire by Nadia Shamas and Sarah Alfagi. Yeah, when I saw you include that, I was like, if you hadn't included, I definitely was going to. (laughs) It looks so good. It looks so good. Yes. So my next one is A Magic Steeped in Poison by Judy Eilin. It's out March 22nd. And this is the first in a duology. And it's about Ning, who unknowingly brewed the poison tea that killed her mother. The poison tea that now threatens to also take her sister's shoe. When Ning hears of a competition to find the kingdom's greatest Shinong Shi, masters of the ancient and magical art of tea making... 
She travels to the Imperial City to compete. The winner will receive a favor from the princess, which may be Ning's only chance to save her sister's life. But between the backstabbing competitors, bloody court politics, and a mysterious and handsome hey, boy with a shocking secret, Ning might actually be the one who is more in danger. Um, and that is A Magic Steeped in Poison by Judy I. Lin out March 22nd. And by the time this episode comes out, this the last, well, the episode I'm thinking of will have aired like a couple weeks before. But this kind of reminds me of Elizabeth Lim's um, Blood of the Stars trilogy, the first book in that. And because it's got like, you know, the magic and like the Asian based world and the competition. So I think that's really interesting. Um, and I'm really looking forward to a tea competition. That sounds really fun. Yes, that sounds amazing. And yes. I just um, saw on Twitter, like actually literally this morning, somebody was talking about how great this book is. And it hadn't mm-hmm. been on my radar yet. So because I didn't know that you were going to talk about it. So I was like, ooh, poison mm-hmm. tea. I yes. mean, let's, let's go. <laughs> Wait, exactly. And I actually have a galley of this. So I'm happy. So I'm like, you know, um, that holiday reading list is just yes. getting confirmed. So <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. All right. My final pick is Why Would I Lie by Audie Rule. And it comes out on April 5th as well. And this is one if you like like Dark Academia, because this is going to be right up your alley. So it's about a teenager named Vivica who is basically like the smartest and hardest working girl in her school and she knows that it's tough but she's going for valedictorian and she wants to get into her dream school and all of her sacrifices are about to be worth it until this new guy shows up at school his name is Jameson and he steals valedictorian right out from under her and he's like immediately just popular and charming and everybody loves him and it seems like he's so good at school and everything that you know she really has to work for is just simple for him and so Vivica's kind of immediately like there's got to be something going on with this guy she's immediately suspicious nobody wants to believe her but pretty soon she's becoming pretty obsessed with proving that he is somehow lying or cheating or he's a fraud and so she starts digging in but she's doing so at the peril of her own dreams so it's really like a good psychological thriller where the question is asked you know is he really lying or is she just really paranoid um so i'm really excited um i'm really excited for a new book by audie rule like i've um, Audie's got a few YA books out and you know, I don't think she's published anything in a couple of years in the YA realm, but her writing is just really smart and really funny. And I feel like, you know, she's definitely like one of those people who deserves to be read more widely. So I'm really excited for Why Would I Lie? That's by Audie Rule. It's out April 5th. And I feel like I should just like take a moment to like note that most of the books or all of the books that we've been talking about on the show so far are books that come out like in the early winter and spring months. Right. And that's just because it's like those are the books that are most imminent. But like there's going to be so many books that come out 
you know, still in the spring, but like also in the summer and the fall. Mm-hmm. That, like we just haven't even gotten to yet. So we'll probably have to do like most anticipated reads of the fall later this yeah, year because for sure. Yeah, there's just so many great books. So, so many. Promise you that we aren't excluding anybody on purpose. It's just we're constrained by time. Seriously. This uh why would I lie sounds so interesting. Like I can yeah. picture the different ways it could go. So I'm here for it. The cover's really striking, too. It's, like, a very, like, bright, hot pink, and it plays with shadow in a really fun way. So I'm really excited for this. Yes, it looks really good. I'm looking at it right now. (laughs) Oh, so exciting. So what books or book are probably books? What are you looking forward to read on on the holiday break? Oh, man. So, like, I always have, like, very (laughs) ambitious... Of course. And lofty goals for the holiday break. Of course. I'm just like, oh, it's a vacation. I'm going to read all the things. And then, like, I forget that the holidays are actually, like, really busy and tiring and that I don't read all the things. Um, That said, um, I'm going back to home to Michigan and I actually have to pack my bag with the books that I'm going to read. And then I think I'm going to bring definitely... Six Crimson Cranes, because you um, were hyping it up. And I'm bringing Starling by Isabel Streakash. Mm -hmm. And I'm very tempted to bring the entire Lumetere Chronicles series, because I've been wanting to reread those for a while. That's Finnegan of the Rock, Froy of the Exiles, and Quintana of Sharon, all by Melina Marchetta. And I've actually, you know, loved the series, read it for the first time, um, like five or six years ago. And I just get struck with the urge to reread them every now and then. And then I don't. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, I should like just bring them with me on this trip. And then like, I will only have them in a couple of other books. So like, hopefully I will actually, you know, get through and reading them. But also sometimes I get distracted by the shiny new thing. So, and I don't actually don't think I'm going to be able to read all of those books on my one week in Michigan, but a girl can dream. (laughs) (laughs) You might, you might get hit with the (laughs) limits of like the 24 hour a day thing, which is like very inconvenient for book for readers, but you know, we make do. Yeah, we try. I mean, and I say this while also looking at my entire book cart, of books that I haven't read and thinking like, oh, I should bring that one and I should bring that one. And exactly. Can, and then like, I know when I pack, my partner's going to be like, why is there a box of books? At this point, they're just asking for like the principle of asking because they right. know why. They know. They, you know why. You know why there's a box yes. of books. And I should also note that I will be taking my Kindle, which I only use for like arcs and digital mm-hmm. downloads and you know has like all of the arcs that I'm really excited to read in 2022 so like I will not be lacking in things to read I will just be lacking in time and focus so yeah Yeah, that's the thing and it's also like you have to bring backups in case your mood changes completely from the time you first pack the books to the time you actually start to read them like what if you are just not in the mood for Thank you you for acknowledging this because Mm. I'm a total mood reader and I Mm -hmm. hate packing books for vacation because 
Like, I can be reasonable and say, like, I'm only going to get to, like, five books. So I'll only pack <laughs> five books. And then I yeah. have my Kindle as a backup, and I can always go buy books at a bookstore if I really am desperate. But my issue is that, like, yeah, I'm a mood reader. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, I, like, I get scared about, like, not having options when the mood strikes. So that's where my overpacking comes from. <laughs> Same. And my thing is like, if I force myself, I'm also a mood reader, which is why I can, I vibe with that. (laughs) If I, if I start a book that is not the right mood and I'm kind of just forcing, I'm like, oh, well, this is what I have. Let me make myself read it. I I feel like a lot of times I will stop reading it and then it's harder for me to come back to to finish when if I had just started it in the right mood, we could have, you know, yeah, we could have been better together. You know, this could be yes, but you were in the wrong mood type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I keep books that I don't always finish because I think it's not me. It's just, I mean, it is me. It's not you. It's me. It's just the timing. And I will hold on to this for six years in case the mood strikes. (laughs) And if it does, very specific (laughs) amount of time, Tirza. Are you. No, that's just the number I pulled out of my head. But but that's what I do. Like, I hold on to them for so long until, like, I go through my bookshelf and I've been like, okay, I've had this for, like, literally years and I haven't picked it up. I guess it's time to let go of you. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And then, like, now that we're talking about 2022, I just want to, like, you know, read all of the books that I know are on my Kindle that we keep talking about because they're coming. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of books that, like, we didn't get to today that I'm really excited about, such as, um, like, My Sister's Big Fat Indian Wedding by Sajni Patel and My Fine Fellow by Janika Cohen and... Uh, yeah, there's just, there's a lot. And I know I can't read them all. <laughs> there are so many. Yeah. And I want to get Amanda Gorman's new book of poetry yes. that was just released. Call Us What We Carry. There are so many things. Yeah. So is there anything that you're like absolutely going to read though over this holiday? Or Ooh. you're going to keep it open? <laughs> I feel like, I mean, there are some non-YA books like, um, I'm finishing up The Tradition by Jericho Brown, which is a poetry collection that's not necessarily, well, yeah, doesn't count as YA, I suppose. But as far as my mood is at the moment, <laughs> let me say, I want to get into Redemptor by Jordan Ifueco, like finish that. Yeah. Because I really love the first one. The House of Rust sounds good. There are a lot. There are quite a few. The, there's one by um, an author I mentioned just now, Anna Marie McLemore, The Mirror Season, which was, uh, this book was actually released in March of this year. Well, no, not this year. When this airs, this will be 2021. In 2021. It was in 2021. Sorry, I got to yes. get my head together. The years, I mean, even though we are recording this early, I mean, there's literally, at the point that we're recording this, there are literally like two weeks left to the year. So it's over. But my head is still like... In 2021, the mirror season sounds really interesting. So there are quite a few things. I'm going to see like where, where my, my mood falls when it's all said and done. Yeah, we totally reserve the right to change our minds. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh, I came across a good, I'll just have to share this with you maybe, but it's, it's a, it's a, uh, so in the Jorts Cat Saga, (laughs) <laughs> there was someone on Twitter who 
did some some uh, song lyrics to what is it? Apple bottom jeans, <laughs> apple bottom jorts, butter on his fur. Got the whole company looking at purr. <laughs> he hit the door. Next thing you know, closet was closed, 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 closed. <laughs> I'm falling I just out just, of my chair. Just sing that in your mind to Apple Bottom Jeans. Apple Bottom George Butter on his fur. <laughs> the whole company looking at purr. I just thought I had to share that. Oh my gosh. It just came up. That is hysterical, and also I'm here for all of the jorts and jean content, mm-hmm. and as the owner of two very jorts-like orange cats, <laughs> I approve, and I also have to say that I do sometimes sing that song to my cats, but I change it to make it, you know, cat-focused, um, because it's just, you know... It's too perfect. It is too, too perfect. perfect. So, yes. <laughs> on that, that note. So great. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love this. Oh, that was so much fun. Well, it sounds like we've got a lot of great reading mm-hmm. coming up over the holidays and coming up in 2022, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you so much for tuning in this week. Um, we would love to keep talking, but we're running out of time. Um, so feel free to leave us feedback about the show on Apple Podcasts to let us know how we're doing. Um, it also helps others find us. You can also always email us at heyya@bookriot.com. Don't forget to visit bookriot.com for newsletters, more podcasts, and all things bookish. Thanks again to today's sponsors for helping make the show possible. And thanks, as always, to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. You can follow Erica. Where can we follow you, Erica? On Twitter, very occasionally, at (laughs) Erica underscore E-Z-E. It's E-R-I-C-A underscore E-Z-E. Perfect. And I hang out on Twitter and on Instagram, where you can see aforementioned dorts like kitties on my instagram (laughs) i'm at at tears of price um that's t-i-r-z-a-h-p-r-i-c-e and in the meantime happy reading we will talk to you again in two weeks bye